At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No one is, 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 is more locked From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. All right, first in pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Subscribe, rate, review. We will get to the NFC East and the AFC East in a little bit. And uh, I apologize if I'm not my normal chipper self, Pony. We got a little stomach bug running through the Parkins household. But um, I will say, I am blown away by the conversation around the Lamar Jackson story. I don't know if you are, but I'm, I'm blown away by it. Okay. How so? I feel like we talked about this all year. Lamar Jackson at his best is one of the most dangerous players in football. The problem is he has not been at his best consistently for years. And so when Adam Schefter says the market will just set his price, but because of the level of tag at which the Ravens put on them, which is collectively bargained, which is anti-player, but again, collectively bargained. No one seems to be able to answer me definitively who the team is. Forget to Sean Watson's contract for a second, because that reporting has been disputed that he wants more than $230 million fully guaranteed. But I'm pretty damn certain that he wants more than Kyler Murray got, and he understandably would. Kyler got $230 million total, five years, $189 guaranteed. Answer me this question. What team's fan base would be thrilled with, with giving up two first-round picks and $190-plus million guaranteed for a guy who's finished 12 games each of the last two years, hasn't thrown for 3,000 yards since his MVP season, and his completion percentage has gone down each of the last three years. Who is the team that is supposed to do that and feel great about it? I can really only think of one. And to me, it would be Washington. Just because they're so desperate to win. And I feel like with the inferiority complex that their fans have now, because Baltimore's right next door and they've become the much better NFL franchise in that area. Plus, they're just so apathetic 
or angered by what's gone on with that team since Daniel Snyder took over, that if they were to do something like this, I think their fans, even with the intimate knowledge of Jackson that they have with the Ravens being right next door, I still think that they would just be ecstatic over it. But they're the only team for me because I've done this exercise myself. I think I think Carolina fans, maybe. I think Falcons fans, maybe just because those fan bases want an exciting quarterback to watch. And okay, but let me ask you this about those two teams. If you're Atlanta, mm-hmm. would you rather give up your first round pick this year, eighth overall, and your first round pick next year, which is what the comp would be for Lamar Jackson, to move up to three to take presumably the third quarterback in this year's class, pick who it is, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, whomever you think it is, and pay him a rookie quarterback contract? Or would you rather give up those same things for Lamar Jackson? And again, I, I I like Lamar Jackson. No, I, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather do the third. Now I don't I don't love the quarterbacks in this draft class the way that a lot of other people do. Yeah, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick one, I'm gonna go with that because you know I watch Lamar Jackson at least twice a year against the Steelers. It, it's when he plays them, he's awful. So I, that's my bias on this. He started three games against them. That's it. In in forty in you know since he's come into the league, he's only started three games against them, and in in five years, and he's and he's one and two with three interceptions and five fumbles. So, you know, well, he, he can't. The, stay- the thing is, is that the thing that pisses me off about the conversation also because I'm a Lamar Jackson guy. I've liked him since college. I just think it's gotten a little ridiculous. Like, he he has not improved. It's not a slam dunk for any of these teams. And when you talk about, well, he is an MVP and Deshaun Watson isn't, and Lamar doesn't have the baggage and Deshaun Watson does. But then you ask the obvious follow-up, well, is the Deshaun Watson contract a good one? Everyone's like, well, no. And then it's like, well, okay, Kyler Murray. Is that contract a good one? Everyone's like, no, I wouldn't want that guy to have my, my guy to have that contract. So, like, just because other teams signed bad contracts, the Ravens are supposed to also sign a bad contract, or someone is supposed to give up two first round picks to then sign a bad contract. Like that that logic makes no sense to me. And for the record, I think he ends up back in Baltimore. Because the only team he has leverage over is Baltimore. He can just not, he can just refuse to sign the franchise tag, threaten to sit out 10 weeks, submarine their season. They're trying to win now. So, like, I think he goes back to Baltimore and it works out eventually. But this idea that there are 10 teams in the NFL colluding against Lamar Jackson because he would make a no doubt about it, no brainer decision for them. He's not a free agent. He's a free agent with two first round draft picks attached. Well, the problem is, is that it's not just a Watson contract. It's what teams have given up for quarterbacks in the last year in trades, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, 
that makes the pro Lamar Jackson people say, well, why wouldn't you give him this contract and also give up the picks? Because look at what Denver gave up to get Russell Wilson in his 30s. Look at what the Browns gave up to negotiate that deal with with Deshaun Watson. You know, and I think those two things is that like all of those deals are looking terrible right now. And all of those quarterbacks, I mean, certainly Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, have way higher passing accomplishments. Yeah, I don't buy that it's Greg Roman who who has held back Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry, I don't. I know he's a I know he's an offensive coordinator who's thrived with running quarterbacks like Kaepernick in San Francisco and Jackson here and the, the consensus seems to be that he can design a great rushing attack for a quarterback, but not a advanced passing game. Uh, I just don't see, I just don't see in watching Jackson, somebody that has developed as a passer, like he can throw it far. He's he's thrown 35 touchdown passes in a year. Once. Like, yeah. Once his, like his second year in the league. Yeah. The year he won the MVP. Yeah, 30, 36 and six. There have been he the guy started 70 games. There have been three seasons since then. And and I think that Baltimore's done him dirty on some of this too. Like he's never had a number one receiver. You know, I don't think they're blameless in this. Well, they drafted a guy and he started and he sort of started to develop, and then he didn't want to play any play for them anymore. Yeah. I just how do you think it resolves? I, I think he ends up going back to Baltimore on a contract extension that he is disappointed with. And I think that the media will skewer the contract he ends up signing. That's why I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he'll sign it. I think he's got his mind made up that this is what he's worth. And I don't think that the Ravens will rescind the franchise tag just because they're pot committed to with everything they've said with Jackson. I don't think that they'd wash their hands and just let him become a free agent. I don't think that'll happen. No. I think that they'll... I think that Baltimore will call his bluff in that, all right, here's $32 million. If you want to either show up right before the season starts or show up at the midpoint of the season when there's the deadline for you to sign and then accrue the year to become a free agent. Um, no, I, I, I don't I, – I think that he – I think they, they're hoping he blinks and he shows up because he wants to have a great season to help him make more money the next year. That's what I think happens. All right. So we both have him with the Ravens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Let's get to the divisions. We may as well start AFC East and we'll go out of order on the finishing position because the other big like story in the NFL right now is Aaron Rodgers. What's the Jets plan if this doesn't work? What's plan B? I think probably Garoppolo, which is such a gigantic fall off for them. But I think Salah would look at it like we were in it till week 18 with three bad quarterbacks. I know what Jimmy can do. You know, I've heard a lot about how Shanahan despised Garoppolo, which is interesting because then other coaches that were either in San Francisco with him or with him in New... Now, New England's different because Shanahan obviously wasn't with Belichick. But, you know, it's it's interesting that Garoppolo's two fall... Not fallback options, but team's fallback options seem to be the Raiders and Jets with Garoppolo and McDaniels, I think likes him. Sala, I think would trust him to do better than the three quarterbacks that he had there last year. But I don't think Zach Wilson will be their plan B. I think that they're all in. I mean, when a guy like Woody Johnson is flying out to see the guy, you would think because of the vaccine stuff that he wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers at all. Danny he's Johnson and Johnson. No, seriously. You don't think a billionaire would take that shit personally? I'm kind of surprised he's not. Well, and, but Rogers has also talked a bunch of shit on Big Pharma. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, Florio's been making that point all week. Just reminding people of that. Yeah. Good job. uh, Yeah, no, it's a great job. He he said his first question uh, at the press conference in New York to introduce him to the New York media should be, you said on Pat McAfee's show that Big Pharma is like one of the downfalls of American civilization. How does it feel now to be taking money directly from Johnson & Johnson? Like that's, oh, a, that's a great well, it's question. It's the New York media. Somebody should. And, I'm, and I bet somebody will. Um, I think plan B should be firing Nathaniel Hackett. Because you only hired him. <laughs> you only hired him to get Rodgers. And he's clearly not good we saw him on his own in denver so at quarterback your jimmy garoppolo argument is a totally sound one logically though i am kind of floored at the idea that you would have zach wilson at number two and number two overall in the draft and give up on him that quick if your answer wasn't like a not that Tom Brady would go there, but, you know, a ready-made Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like end-of-career star quarterback who obviously supplants anybody who's already on the roster. Like, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're not winning a Super Bowl with Zach Wilson. I could easily make the argument that you owe it to your investment in the second overall pick, not to hand him the job, but to at least let him compete for the job with basically anybody that you're bringing in at a lower tier than Aaron Rodgers. So I think they should cut their losses on Wilson and trade him just because I think it got to a point where it wasn't just the on-field lack of production. It was obviously the way that he graded on his teammates and the way that his teammates viewed him. And unfortunately, that's a situation unlike, say, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay or Russell Wilson in Seattle. The quarterback gets zero benefit of the doubt. So if the good players on the team turn on him, I don't think there's any coming back from that. So that's why I would do the Josh Rosen thing like Arizona did and just move the guy. 
And if he comes back to bite you, like Geno Smith did 10 years later, whatever. But I think that that's what the Jets should do. I don't. I think it's toxic. If it's not Rodgers, and it's just somebody like you mentioned, like if it's Garoppolo, and he's seen as a temporary short-term fix, I think merely having Zach Wilson around is not copacetic. I don't think that that benefits anyone. Would you trade him for a fourth-round pick? If somebody took the contract, which is not huge because it's the second pick in the draft, yeah, I would. I probably would. Yeah. I mean, that is just – that is – like the, the the Josh Rosen thing, he hadn't proven himself to be awful, and you had the replacement with the number one overall pick. Zach Wilson looked terrible, and you don't have the young heir apparent to replace him for a while. Like that is the definition of buying high and selling low. That's just – that's bad investment. But at least you're at least you're selling. Yeah, no, I, le- I mean, right. I mean, to your point, he could be out of the league in a year. So you you get a top 120 pick instead of nothing. If you if you really think he's a zero, then you should do that. But I I believe that 22 year old, 23 year old kids have the opportunity for some level of maturity, reflection, personal growth, and hopefully the guy can win some of his teammates back over, especially. If he doesn't have to play right away, you know who I think. You know who you know who I would. Tr- you know who I think should trade for him. Who's that? I don't like. I know their 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 um their draft pick inventory is pretty shot because of the Wilson trade and then trading for Sean Payton. Denver. But you and like, just, but 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 you don't. <laughs> you think it would be toxic in New York, but. You don't think that if Russell Wilson, well, I just don't think I, games, I don't think well, I, don't, I just don't think Broncos players hate Zach Wilson yet. Yet, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Broncos fans hate Russell Wilson, right? But at least if the idea is we'll have him sit here for a year and just watch this guy, yeah, and work with this coach. No, it's. I mean, it's. It's not a bad idea, but you're right. They don't have, I think they have like the least draft capital of basically anyone in the league. Uh, as we go through the AFC East teams, we'll start with the, we'll go to the, now the best one, Buffalo. You wrote, should they trade for Derrick Henry? Why is that top of mind for you? The biggest thing with this team? Because they're obsessed with finding a running back, even though they hate running the ball. And they keep drafting guys. And the second Henry was put on the trade block, all the odds makers installed the Bills as the favorites to get him. So they just feel like there's this obsession. Maybe it's because McDermott is a defensive coach. And even though it doesn't manifest in games, really, to go with Henry there and actually give them a reason to commit more to a run game. But I just don't think it's a good idea for them. I just don't think they're the right team for that. Like, I feel like... That would that might actually have unintended consequences for them making a deal like that. I just think it's such a good running back draft. I know they've drafted him before, like you said, but your team is a passing team. Your team is Josh Allen, right? Draft a running back who can also catch the ball, and don't give up draft capital for a running back who's got a year or two of. But it's funny that that's what like. NFL media are saying like, okay, this is the missing piece for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry. 
because you're going to have to load up to stop him, and that's going to make Allen throw over the top of it. And with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and almost regardless of who you put as the third wide receiver, how do you stop that? I mean, a running game would help them. But what 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 do you think Tennessee is going to be asking for for Derrick Henry? They're going to be asking for they, a lot. No, I think they take a third. See, I, I was think thinking a second. Yeah, I mean, I I would not do that if I was Buffalo. I, I think they want to get rid of the contract. Right, I but I wouldn't be interested. Like, how many years? I mean, I know he's this generation, this decade's Adrian Peterson because he's basically the same generation as Adrian Peterson, <laughs> but. I mean, how, how much longer could that guy possibly have as a top 10 running back in the NFL? I keep thinking that the year that we just watched was his last one, and I've been doing that for like three years. Correct. Correct. You know who should trade for him? Cincinnati. They've got all kinds of cap space. They don't know how long they're going to be able to keep this together. They're going to cut Joe Mixon. Yeah. Imagine well, him. Like, the- I just, I, I just, I, I wouldn't say you should trade for – it, depending on what the pick is, again, I wouldn't trade a top 60 pick for oh, a running back either. who's got a year or two left. I wouldn't either. You know, so I just, I don't think that Tennessee is going to get what they want for it. But, you know, you start talking about a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. I'm, I'm but I think there. a third, I think a third's a good compromise. Because we've, we've seen players that have not had long-term deals that were looked at as guys that could help a team get traded at the deadline mid-season for like third-round picks. So you get the advantage of having the guy in camp with you the entire year and he gets acclimated to what you're trying to do. Yeah. If you're the Bengals, you don't know. I mean, your window you think is another 10 years with Burrow, but with the collection of players you have now, I don't know. I, I, that that to me would just – that. I, I just don't think Buffalo – I don't know. I just don't think Buffalo's as close as the odds makers think they are to winning another Super Bowl. Personally, do you? It kind of feels like a Belichick player. Yeah, we're, like we're, we're just mentioning AFC teams, though. Like, is Tennessee going to trade him in the AFC? Like, will they look at him like a quarterback? I wouldn't look at it that way because of what you just said. No, I mean, I wouldn't either. But I, I, I got to imagine that they're going to be asking for a lot for Derrick Henry just to explain it to their own fans. Um, This is a weird one. Colin Cowherd keeps talking about Brady not being a broadcaster. Rich Eisen says he's hearing whispers that Brady is going to play. Brady tweets about his daughter adopting a kitten, and that's taking too much time away from football, which we can't take anything this dude does on social media seriously. But he retired a second time publicly. He's reportedly filed his retirement papers. But we know about Stephen Ross and the Dolphins' connection to, to Michigan and his obsession with Brady and that he lost the draft pick in this draft to tamper with him to try to get him the last time. Should Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins want, if Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady over Tua? No. I don't, and here's why. Because you're not in the right, you're not in the right conference. You're in a conference with with Kansas City, with uh, Cincinnati, with the Chargers, if they can ever stay healthy, with Jacksonville, who's an ascending team, with Buffalo in your own division. You put Tom Brady on Miami. I just don't think they go from good team to Super Bowl contender. 
I don't think he has that kind of impact on teams, even if you're telling me he's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell for 17 games. I just don't look at him as that type of quarterback anymore. He needs a perfect offensive line. If there's any offensive line breakdown, he might not get injured like Tua, but he's not going to be that effective. And it's only, it's you know, like maybe it's only a one-year thing. So I would not want to, I would not want to rip the Band-Aid prematurely on Tua in the name of like going with Brady because I just don't think it's the type of quarterback upgrade, Danny, that makes the the Dolphins a legitimate championship team. Tua surprised me. We talked about it over the course of the year. Like I, I thought that it was everything else around him and that a lot of guys would look good in that system. And I still do think a lot of guys would look good in the system, but the guys who weren't Tua that played did not look good. So Tua gets credit from me for how he performed the variable here is is the reporting on Tua accurate like is Tua good to go is he your week one starter is he just as likely as the majority of players who play that position to be able to play 17 games or is he concussion prone is he injury prone obviously we know he's on the small scale you know bottom 10 percentile of quarterback size in the NFL. It's why I don't like him. It's why I never liked him. So if they have some information and they should have more information than anybody else that says like Tua is a real, real risk proposition, high risk proposition to be able to finish this season. Well then sure, because you're not going to be able to do any better. Um, and everyone would at least understand. But how could they get that diagnosis right now in March that Tua could not make it through? Well, I mean, I think that it's possible that they had it at the end of the season and they were just like kind of covering and buying time. I mean, the guy didn't play. So I I assume that Tua is going to play football again. And I assume that Tua will play football at a high level. But so I'm with you that I would not do the Brady thing because Tua looked pretty damn good. But if I knew that Tua might never be the same and the only people who would know that are the Dolphins, then I'd be interested in rolling the dice on Tom Brady. That's the well, only scenario. But but I, I mean, I don't have all the I don't have all the, the medical documents in front of me. And I would say that it's more likely than not that he won't be the same player and that, you know, his body of work as far as injuries go leads you to believe that he's just not a very durable guy so right the thing is though that you like that team is so built to win now yeah but I just don't think Brady is a is a is a built to win now quarterback anymore I don't I mean like that uh, the other part of that Eisen report was that Philip Rivers wanted to play for Miami last year once the injuries happened with Tua and they turned him down I don't see a big difference between Brady and Phillip Rivers anymore. Well, I mean, one guy played football last year. Okay, did he play well? No. Right. I mean, so that's what I mean. I'm the, uh, Brady's better, but not m- by much. At least not what he put on tape last year. No, I, I, so, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He, he, he had his moments. He had all the personal issues. He had the offensive line issues. They were a very injured offense. So do I think that Brady is still a top 32 quarterback on planet Earth? 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if they think two is not finishing the year, they don't have a better option than Brady because whoever their backup is, is not a top 32 quarterback on planet earth. But with that variable, probably not known, I'd roll the dice with Tua. What do you think Belichick is doing and is going to do this off? <laughs> uh, they are one of the most forgotten teams in the NFL. They really are. They've got the greatest coach of all time. And the Patriots outside of New England and Boston are a non-story. They are a completely like left for dead, slept on franchise. And I just, Belichick has a way of doing things. You know, when he won his first Super Bowl in 01, nobody thought that team was going to be any good. They had gone, what, 4-12 and 12 the year before. So it's not like he needs a hyped-up team to win. But at the same time, like, he's so old, he wants to break Shula's all-time wins record. I can't imagine that he's just content with a team that if he coaches his balls off, wins nine games. Because that's what they look like to me. They go nine and eight. You say great coaching job, Bill, with yeah. the team they have. I I agree with you. Is there a scenario that exists where he holds on too long and Andy Reid keeps winning where Reid gets to like four Super Bowls, like four, four rings, not attends four Super Bowls? Uh, <laughs> he's already done that. And, but wins four rings and finishes strong, like, you know, gets carried off, win, wins one in his last game or whatever, and Belichick strings together five losing seasons in seven years post-Brady, finishes with more wins, finishes with more rings, but we'll end up looking at it like, man, Andy Reid had winning seasons with six different quarterbacks, and as soon as he got a good one, he was amazing. Belichick he really only did it with Brady. Is there any scenario in which that happens and the the GOAT conversation or even the best coach of his generation becomes a legitimate debate? I think so, and here's why. Because Chuck Knoll won four Super Bowls and had such a bad run in the 80s where they only won, I think, two playoff games. And he basically went from 1980 to 1991 and only won two playoff games in 12 years. And because of that, even though we had four, I think when Walsh retired with three, there was a thought that he was a better coach than Noel. Like, I don't think, just my personal opinion, I don't feel like it took Belichick surpassing him or even tying him for people that like, I don't think Noel was regarded as the best coach in NFL history while he had four Super Bowl championships. No, you know but what I Bel- mean? Belichick is talked about as the GOAT as like a statement of fact, like Gretzky is yes. talked about as the GOAT in hockey. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But the point the argument I'm trying to make is that we've already had at least one era of football where the coach with the most Super Bowls was not widely regarded or universally regarded as the best head coach of all time yeah I just I I wonder 
you know, how if it goes poorly for a while, like how many years it would take for him to not unravel his legacy. I mean, he's unbelievable, obviously. He's a Hall of Famer. He, you know, he's unbelievable. But I'm, I'm wondering, because it's not one more year. But like you said, if he wants the wins record and he has a bad team, he might be hanging around for the better part of a decade. I, I just don't sense that there's any urgency there with the Patriots. None that's reported on or or reported about. Like, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the offensive coordinator change there, bringing Bill O'Brien back. I think that that puts Mac Jones on the clock where most reasonable people would think if he doesn't make huge strides with this coach that it would be fine if Belichick went into the following year's draft and took a quarterback. You know, like I I don't, I've never understood other than, oh, Nick Saban convinced me that this was the next Tom Brady, even though he didn't have great physical traits or tangible qualities. I still don't understand what Belichick saw in the guy. I don't get it to this day. Yeah. I mean, I think this, it was just, he needed a quarterback and Saban told him he was smart and he was impressive on a chalkboard. Problem is you don't get to bring the chalkboard onto the field, but yeah, I think that they are one of the least interesting teams, if not the most, most least, the least interesting. I could have just said least the least interesting team in football. I can speak. I told you I'm sick. Let's go to the NFC. NFC East. So Philly wins the NFC. And they have one of the most interesting off-seasons ahead. Like, normally a team that's that good, it's like, oh, well, there's going to be continuity, and and there will be on a lot of levels. But no one's repeated in the NFC East since Philly did it in 2004. It ended up arguably being the best division in football this year with three teams making the playoffs. Hargrave, free agent, Bradbury, free agent, Gardner Johnson, free agent, Dillard, the tackle, free agent. Is Kelsey going to retire? Are they going to get a Jalen Hurts contract extension done? Two first round picks. A lot of questions, but a really two coordinators. And, and right, both coordinators become head coaches. A lot of questions, but a lot of talent and you know, decent cap space. I think 14th, 15th in the NFL and two first round picks. So it's not all negatives. And they'll re-sign some of those guys, especially, I think, Bradbury in the secondary. Do you think they are primed to buck that trend and repeat as NFC East champions? Uh, I feel like they're in a much better spot than some teams are, even with the turnover. Because there's no team or teams before we get into the free, before free agency in the draft that is positioned to knock them off. You know, I I don't feel like what they did last year was a fluke. I don't feel like it was a one-off. Uh, I gained a level of respect for the quarterback that I didn't think was possible. And the coach. Before, and the coach. Where before the season started with the quarterback, I don't think many people had him ranked as a top 15 quarterback unless it was for fantasy football purposes. And, you know, now he's looked, he's should be looked at as a top 10 guy with what he did this season and in the playoffs, even with the great players around him. 
So given all that, like think shit happens. I mean, the Rams were older and they weren't sure. Guys were unsure about coming back, including the head coach. You know, Stafford had the elbow thing right from the beginning of the year that knocked them off. And, you know, they had one of the worst seasons by a defending champ ever. But yeah, I mean, I think Philadelphia, uh, if they if they win fewer than double digit games next year, something horribly wrong occurred. It's I just, agree with you. I I think that the appreciation that everyone has for Howie Roseman makes it feel like he's going to do a good job. And Hertz should be motivated to sign his contract soon. Like maybe he'll bet on himself. Like, cause like you, if he wants to play it really aggressive and hardball, he'll wait for Lamar and Burrow and those guys to sign bet on himself to have another great year and try to really cash in. But second round pick, those guys are usually motivated to sign deals. And obviously he's got some injury risk and running quarterback and all that. So I assume that they'll do the, get that deal done. And I assume that they'll hit in the draft. I love the idea of them taking Robinson, the running back from Texas that everyone says is like a Saquon Barkley level prospect to upgrade from Miles Sanders, just like an embarrassment of riches. And so I assume that they'll hit on both of their first round picks. I assume they'll bring back the guys in the secondary. They had a ton of depth on the D line. So losing Cox and, and Hargrave should be fine. And I don't really think that Dallas is that good. And we know the Giants are a fluke and Washington's a dumpster fire. So I just think it's a fascinating team that, I mean, hell man, Jalen Hurts is probably the best quarterback in the NFC. That's a pretty good way to have stability all of a sudden, even if you lose your coordinators and you lose. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson for the next five years? Contracts, throw them out the window. Just the player. Hurts. Me too. Hurts, Hurts as a passer this year was great. Now, Lamar at that stage was great too, right? Year two. I mean, Hurts is year three, but, you know, early on, he had a great passing season. But Hurts, I assume you're saying Hurts on Philly. Like, with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, I don't think Lamar's going to a situation that's going to be even close to as good as that including Baltimore. Um, so, and it's going to be an, at least another year till he really gets expensive. So yeah, man, I, I would take, I would take Hertz. I would take Hertz. They're an incredible roster and an incredible organization. Yeah. But I, I but I, I thought both of those rising tides lifted Hertz. I think in a vacuum or individually, he's still not getting enough credit now. You know, one game can define a legacy. I know a lot of the stat people don't like that. But the performance against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, to me, even though Kansas City was a league average defense this year, I thought was the type of game that, you know, exemplifies why he is such an ascending, potentially great player. And say what you will about Lamar Jackson, make whatever excuse you want for him. He's never had a playoff game 
that has looked anywhere close to that. He had an amazing run against the Titans that was jaw-dropping for a touchdown. He's got one playoff win, right? Yeah, it was in Tennessee. Yeah. Other than that, he hasn't even come close to that in a big game. So I'm saying Hurts, and I think they will be very dangerous again next year. Yeah, I do. I do too. I think they're in a very interesting spot. Uh, All right, so Dallas, as we go through the Eastern Division here, would you prioritize offense or defense with their limited resources this offseason? What would you what would you focus on? Offense. Yeah. Yeah. My logic there would be, and this is kind of sound funny. I trust the defensive coordinator to get more out of the defense on his own than I do the head coach to get a lot out of the offense on his own. I think it's got to be players and not scheme. So I want to make the per- my my default answer in most of these cases is to say offense. And I just think with Quinn coming back and Parsons there, you build around that and you can fill in holes or spots with just you know average guys that you expect the, the scheme and the coach to get more out of. They're they're wide receivers. The Cowboys need big upgrades there. They really do. If I were DeAndre Hopkins. That's where I would want to go right now. I would want to go play for the Cowboys. And I think it's a risk worth taking if I'm Dallas because of what the free agent market looks like and because of what the draft looks like. I would expect that the Cowboys will have C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, and I think they'll have like either Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee or like Zay Flowers in their offense next year. I think they'll add at least two wide receivers. Man, we never talk about our actual takes on these questions, but you almost like went word for word how I felt about it, man. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know how I feel about McCarthy and losing Kellen Moore and bringing back Dan Quinn. All of the pressure is on an offense that was top five in the NFL last year to stay there. And in terms of pressure rate, you know, they were also great, obviously, with Lawrence and Parsons. I could see if one of the top corners falls to them, I could see that being a first round pick on defense, but I can't see a defensive lineman. I can't see a linebacker. I can't see a safety, but if the kid from Oregon or uh, Witherspoon from Illinois, like if one of those guys fell, I could see that being like the only scenario. I don't see those guys falling that far in the draft. Neither, neither do I. It's a premium position, but just, but like, that's the only scenario you know I what? see them using a first-round pick on defense. I I will agree with you, and and here's why. I actually have to give Jerry Jones credit for something as a as a team architect, and not a businessman, but as someone that does the drafts. He will make a decision. I think better than most. If there is just a great talent, and he slips in the draft, Jones will take him and just be like, "We'll figure it out." Yep. He does that repeatedly. Parsons, which is ex- Speedy Lamb. Which is exactly what I would do. And that's why I have said there should be like a czar of just fuck you football people. <laughs> like, do you see that this is happening? Take this person. <laughs> right. Because the biggest yeah. misnomer in, in football, and every GM says it, we're going to take the best player available. 90% of teams don't do that. They take the best player at the position of need available. I think Jones takes 
will, and if there's a guy that falls, we'll just say, all right, we don't need CD Lamb, but what the hell? He should have gone 15 spots earlier. He should have gone three hours ago in this draft. I like right. that about Jerry Jones. No, I do too. I do too. Watch Jalen Carter end up on the Cowboys. Oh boy. Right? I could see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, that would be adding to a strength, obviously, but it's uh, but that's the type of thing that they they would do. All right, your your New York Giants. They have franchise tag Saquon, and they have signed Daniel Jones, and they objectively overachieved last year. Is it possible? Is there any scenario on the board? where they don't regress in the win-loss column this year now that those players are more expensive and it'll be tougher to fill out the roster. They had a negative point differential last year. Uh, I think Dable's really good, but my answer is no. I agree. I think I, it is. I, I, I can't even imagine the, the only possible scenario is if Daniel Jones actually is great. Like if Dable really is a quarterback whisperer and Daniel Jones really has a super high ceiling where he can be like an elevator of talent, you know? Well, he elevated the talent there, which was not much to 15 touchdown passes last year. No, You know what I mean? No, I, I, again, I mean, I think it's 5%. You know, I I think it's, I think the idea, the chances of the Giants having a better year next year than last year is probably about 5%. I agree with what my you know, great friend Greg Giannotti said about the Jones signing the day after it happened. Daniel Jones should be obligated to send at least a million dollars to the Vikings defensive coordinator who got fired after that playoff game. Because he, Giants fans in New York, were craving a playoff win at Donatel. Thank you, Spencer. They were looking for... January playoff success and they've been lacking it for so long that they forgot that they went against the worst defense in the league. He had a really good game and that I think justified it even more in the minds of fans there that keeping Jones around long-term was the right thing to do. So I haven't seen the way the deal structured. I don't know if you have Danny when, where the outs are in it and how much of it is completely guaranteed, but I think the Giants I think maybe the Giants had something happen to them this past year where they take one step forward and two steps back because of the deals they handed out. I don't I don't have the exact thing in front of me, I, but I, I think it's, you know, he's your guy for the next two years. You know, I, the thing is, though, the only thing that doesn't square with that is if we think Dable's awesome and Dable has influence, then Dable signed off on it. Then Dable wants him. Dable wants. Yeah, well, before he traded for Matthew Stafford, um, Sean McVay signed off on a Jared Goff extension. So, shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) So, same question then on the Giants as I asked on the Cowboys. Like, your first round pick, receiver. Do you, you, do you go offense to try to like triple down on your investment and making your investment in Daniel Jones look smart? Cause they got holes everywhere. They're they not do. a very good roster. You know, I have not, 
I still have to obviously pour like so much time and energy into the draft prep, but I would think one of those tight ends would make a lot of sense for the Giants. If the kid from Notre Dame is there, Dalton Kincaid, Mayor, right is his name. I thought Michael. I I thought Michael Mayer looked like he was going to be Rob Gronkowski's freshman year yeah. at Notre Dame. In the times I saw him this year, he looked like he was about a hundred years old. <laughs> so I know he was probably playing through injuries and stuff, but he just didn't move as fluidly the times I saw him play this year. And a lot of the draft gurus think that the Utah tight end is actually a better prospect than him now. So maybe they saw some of the same things that I did this past season. Last team, the commanders, you mentioned them earlier as a Lamar team. Would you say they're closer to the playoffs or is it nearing to, to tear it down and rebuild? Because you, how you answer that question, I would think, would impact how you would approach finding a quarterback this offseason. No, I think they. I think that they should want – I think that they should want to get a quarterback in there to win. The only thing that would – you know, like let's say you actually had a stable organization and not an owner. It was a complete nitwit. And you had like the, the sale of the team pending and everything else that's like distracting you from just focusing on the football stuff in Washington as like the team builder. I would be affected by what happened last season with the veteran quarterbacks that went for steep prices to other teams. Like that would mess me up and make me think that like bringing in somebody, a veteran on a short-term contract for a lot of money is a bad idea. It's not going to work um, and would make me maybe more inclined to try to get to a position where I could take one of the young quarterbacks in this draft. Um, but I think that their overall roster, they showed it last year that if they have a halfway decent quarterback and the NFC, they're good enough to win 10 games. So I agree. You know, they decided to bring back Deron Payne when they already have Sweat and Chase Young. And they've got three good receivers. Dotson really impressed me. And we know McLaurin's great. Like, they're pretty good at a couple of, like, premium areas of team building. Skill position on offense and pass rush and defensive line. Right. So my question for you is, if you're Aaron Rodgers – like and you're and you're the commanders. Why is that something that like I've never even seen any like single second of airtime or ink spilled on I, him I, going I, there, I, dude? Because you haven't seen an, an NFC team. I think so. That's just because Green Bay. I thought we're getting to the point where like now you hear oh all Green Bay wants to do is get rid of the guy. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I we we have heard that, but I but that has not come in conjunction with any reporting that San Francisco or Atlanta or Carolina is in on it. It has always been Vegas, the Jets, and Raiders, or or New York. Yeah, so I assume that that prevailing logic is still there. But don't you feel like Rogers has the leverage because he can just say I'll retire, but nobody believes him. You're going to give up yeah. $60 million? Right. Um, no one believes him on that. But and what if he says, I'll just come back and play for you guys then? Which I don't think they want either. 
Well, so that's the question. Would they rather have him on the Packers or on an NFC team? That's What's the- your answer? I mean, if I'm them, I would say on the Packers. I know, but I feel like that's not their answer. Right. You know, my, my, my answer is Aaron Rodgers with his head on straight is still a top five or six quarterback in football. Um, I think that's becoming more and more of a minority opinion, but he had awesome moments this year. He had plenty of bad ones, but I don't believe you go from back-to-back league MVP to horrible. Uh, but yeah, man, I did. I really did watching him in the, in the, and in the more and more last season has gone into the like rear view mirrors. It's like fallen out of sight for me. The more I've been, I've tried talking myself into the fact that if he gets a fresh start somewhere, he's going to be really good next year. But I know that when he inevitably has bad games or sucks in his next, um, with his next team, I'm going to be like, you son of a bitch. You watched him in 2022 and he sucked. Why did you spend so much time referencing things from three or four years ago? Which is what you're doing and and, and that's what it, it's rubbing off on me because I'm doing the same shit, man. Two or two and three years ago. Okay. And he lost Devontae Adams. It may it there were there were plenty of reasons for Rodgers to take a step back this past year. Now, here's the thing. I think it's very valid to say is Aaron Rodgers gonna do the soft factor teammate thing that you need to do to like get on the same page with a whole new offense and a whole new group of skill position players. Is he bringing, you know, Terry McLaurin and Dotson? Is he bringing them out to his house and running routes on the beach? Oh, and- Cause he wants to drink ayahuasca and all that bullshit. Right. I mean, no, that, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, you know, like there was the reporting on like, that Christian Watson and those and the receivers in Green Bay like never hung out with him and they didn't know his hand signals until like week 10. Like, and he was just being real hard on him. Like he was like, get on my level, but he's like, hey man, can you help me get on your level? And he was like, nah, I'm doing other things. I'm going on McAfee's show and reading books. Like, you know, it's just a weird, he's a weird dude. Brady is likes to hang, right? Brady likes the locker room. That's that's Brady's thing. He's the friendly superstar. So he went down to Tampa and Antonio Brown lived in his damn guest house. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, he did everything he could to hit the ground running in Tampa. Is, is Aaron Rodgers going to do that in New York or Vegas or Washington or Carolina or wherever? Like, I, I don't know. I think that's a totally fair question. But I think that the physical talent is still very, very, very high end. But I think his level of commitment to football – is waning by the year and it's showing. I think that I think that as much as anything else is what happens there. But I think he's a jet. I don't I don't think you get, you know, you put on the tux, you get the corsage, the limo comes up and you don't go to the dance. Like I I I think I think he's I think he's a jet. Yeah, but if you're a man that has a backbone and scruples and all these things, then the Jets are the last team you'd want to go to because of who owns them. All right, man, we'll do West Division. Yeah, all right. Well, are, are we going to do West Division or are we just going to do, I'm guessing the next two weeks will just be free agency stuff, right? We'll get back to divisions later. Yeah, yeah. Free agency preview, free agency reaction, uh, and then we'll probably get back to the AFC and NFC West in, uh, in two weeks. Cool, man. All right. Thank you, Spencer Ray.
subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Peace. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.